Hi, everybody, and welcome back to East Screen, West Screen. This is show number 18, and it's Monday, February 8th, 2010. We've been away for quite a while, dealing with some technical issues as well as some personal projects, but we're back to talk to you, talk with you about the latest and greatest in Hong Kong cinema, Asian cinema, and cinema from abroad. Joining me, as always, is my veritable host and friend and film partner, Mr. Kevin Ma. Kevin, welcome back. Hi, everybody. So, Kevin, you've been busy? Yep. Uh, well, of course, there was the Japan trip, and then I came back, and the semester started, and I was on set for about 12 days on my classmate's thesis project as the assistant director. Yeah, so we were, we were all primed and set to record an episode uh, while you were in Japan, and for whatever reason, my mixer just would not connect, and I had had enough by that point. You've read on on the the notes I left on the website. Um, I've had problems with that mixer before, and I finally said, "Okay, enough is enough." And ultimately, tried to go through a repair process that didn't work, and I ended up getting a new mixer. And I'm still trying to learn the ins and outs of the mixer. It's not working quite as well as the setup of the mixer I was using using the Alesis Firewire, but at least this mixer is stable. Well, when I started up, it it detects and it doesn't have a problem in that area. So hopefully we'll have many more shows through the coming year to talk with you about. And today um, we're going to just keep the episode a little bit short as we work out some of the kinks here and there. But we're going to talk with you about some of the more recent films to start up the new year in Hong Kong. And we'll get back to our regular schedule of news and um, video reviews and some of the other segments that we've done, as well as some new segments that we'll have uh, coming up in shows later this year. Uh, but for now, Kevin, any bits of news or anything you'd like to sort of throw out there and talk about? Um, anywhere in Hong Kong, um, we'll, they'll be around around April. Um, just want to let you all know that the big screening for Metropolis, which will feature 30 minutes of lost footage as well as a live orchestra. Uh, the tickets went on sale today. I have my tickets already. So if you guys uh, would like to watch this classic film uh, for the first time like I am, uh, be sure to get your tickets. Yeah, it was a couple of the people I follow over on Twitter were saying they uh, got tickets. And I'm I'm considering it. I'm interest, interested to see the some of the missing footage. But I've seen Metropolis so many times. I just don't know if I'd be able to stay awake, you know, because it's it's one of those one of those films that I use quite a bit in classes, and I use segments from it to teach. And uh, I don't know. I I am very interested to see that missing footage. I just don't know if I'll be able to go through a whole screening again. Well, actually, I've never seen the film before, so I hope I'm in for a, a treat. Yeah, it's a good film. I mean, it, it it holds up well, especially considering it was one of the first full-length films uh, ever made. Oh, it's more than full-length. Apparently, it's about two and a half hours. So. Yeah, yeah. This was like Avatar before Avatar, right? So, <laughs> you know, movies actually started out uh, kind of being epic, and then they sort of dwindled back to the 90-minute the fare that we're typically used to. Mm-hmm. And of course, another news: uh, Avatar uh, is still at the top of the box office. So I guess the world hasn't changed much. Yeah, um, I think the last bit of news I read was that it actually it finally uh, kicked the pants off of Titanic. So mm-hmm. geeks of the world can rejoice. Um, your cinema has been reclaimed for some time until James Cameron decides to go and make another Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a dirty joke there, but I shan't. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, but Avatar is, you know, it's been not just for the records it's breaking, but it's been sort of on the lips of a lot of local filmmakers and people locally in Hong Kong who talk about film, um, who are really excited about the, the new 3D concepts, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's talk that they need to move to this new technology. And as we were having some discussions before with some of the people that, you know, we go to film, watch films with, you know, I think 3D is great and everything personally when it's done well. But I think we're going to start to see a slew of really bad 3D movies now because of this, because sort of everybody's going to jump on the bad bandwagon. It all starts this week. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I was, I was telling one of our friends, you know, three uh, crap in 3D is still crap, right? I mean, <laughs> you, you just don't get beyond that fact. You need to focus on your, your core movie-making techniques and your storytelling and your script writing before you think about investing this money and sticking it, you know, sticking this new technology onto films. Um, but I think is, am I correct in in my recollection that Hong Kong is supposedly going to have the first porn or softcore porn film done in 3D? 3D, Sex and Zen 3D, I believe. The, the problem is that um, right now it's being held up because uh, the actress, the Taiwanese actress quit. I guess, I'm guessing she she saw Avatar and and something went wrong there and I, and I guess she decided to back out. Yeah, I'm not sure. 3D exposure yeah. is just a little bit too much for her, maybe. Yeah, I guess she didn't expect uh, how how far her. Well, okay, I, actually, I'm not gonna go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Better safe than sorry, right? Yeah. <laughs> talking about some movies we've been gone for a while and there have been quite a few films that have come out uh, in our little month-long break that we've had but the film the first film we want to talk about this week and the one we want to sort of spend a little bit of focus on uh, it relates to Avatar too there's been some there's a little bit of a politi political hubbub that's been going on with regards to this film in mainland China and that is the film Confucius starring Chow Yun-Fat and for a little bit, Zhou Shun, even though she has a really big presence on the poster. Um, and so for those of you who don't know, uh, if you've been living under a rock, Confucius is the famous scholar from ancient China. And there are quite a lot of Asian regions that sort of follow many of the philosophies that were established by his school with regard to uh, relationships at work, relationships in the home, ways of seeing yourself in society. And the, the film basically tells the story of a certain period in Confucius's life when he was trying to uh, become sort of uh, a rising star uh, in the kingdom of Lu. 
and it follows it sort of follows his rise as he uses these philosophies that he teaches um, to look good uh, amongst uh, you know for amongst the leaders he's trying to impress and of course whenever you look good for the boss you end up looking bad and you know one of your fellow co-workers eyes and so he makes quite a few people jealous and ultimately this works against him and he's forced to through a little bit of conspiracy he's forced to leave the kingdom and he has to go wandering from kingdom to kingdom sort of as a homeless scholar um and so that's basically the film i mean <laughs> if you want to talk about really deep plot or Understanding the life of Confucius, I've got a couple History Channel documentaries I might point you to, because that's not really here. Um, basically, what we see is Chow Yun-fat on the lamb. <laughs> um, so, Kevin, what, what, was your, what was your take on Confucius? Uh, what was my take? Um, it was really, well, it's really episodic. I mean, like all biographies, it is a very episodic film. And uh, honestly... Um, even though usually it happens in period films, I for this one I really had to read English subtitles the whole way through because the 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 inner title the amount of inner titles is even worse than Founder Republic. So every every single sh almost every single shot has an inner title in this movie. Yeah, it's yeah. like everything needs to be introduced and this is all these information being thrown at me, but yet the whole movie has no real plot to speak of. There's no no um revelation there's not much it's just a, it's just it's just going through the motions essentially yeah but yet it's going through the motion with so much details that is no no one can really get with it it's it's really hard to get with the movie you know what i mean yeah well the the one of the things that did stand out to me was that especially in the beginning there's a lot of introductions of supplementary characters and oh, throughout the movie yeah, there's a lot even yeah, yeah, yeah. it it becomes it does become difficult to sort of keep track of who's who and unless you're somebody who's you know an, an Asian studies major with a very specific focus on uh, Confucianism and aspects of Confucianism and some of the people who were surrounding him uh, in his periods at court you're not gonna have any idea uh, as to the significance of some of these characters and from what I heard from one of our friends um, who's uh, seen a television series regarding this this same story of Confucius that the character that's played by um Zhou Shun she's like a a, a queen um or a concubine who holds a considerable amount of power in a neighboring kingdom and she has a somewhat stronger role and from what i'm told in you know television dramas and television series that have been done about Confucius compared to what she's given here i mean Literally, mm -hmm. I think she was not on screen for more than two or three minutes. Um, she had very little screen time. About eight minutes, I think. I calculated it on purpose. Yeah, well, yeah, a little bit longer. But even so, in in the scope of the whole movie, which is over two hours, it's it's rel a relatively minor, you know, yeah. bit part. Uh, and even the significance of that part, it doesn't have any real impact. I mean, they could have probably cut out all of her scenes. And because he passes through so many other kingdoms when he's sort of on the lamb, that it's like, what was the what was the real significance of him sort of coming through um, her kingdom in particular, except to show this fact that he's attracted to her, but he's going to be 
you know, dutiful and do the right thing kind of a thing. It's, it's the first road trip in Chinese history. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except they didn't know, they didn't really have a destination. You know, it's like Harold and Kumar wanted to go to White Castle. You know, poor Confucius didn't know where he could go. He kept getting kicked out. It's like he would go to a place and the armies were following him. And, you know, it's like he, he was just bad news waiting to happen to any kingdom he visited. Um, but unfortunately, uh, if you if you have studied any Confucianism before, you know some of the tenets or some of the teachings, you know, or or some of his famous idioms, none of that is really here. Mm -hmm. um, you, we, we're never given a sense of even his youth. I mean, I've seen some documentaries on his youth and, um, you know, the part of his upbringing, um, his relationship with his mother, um, and, and the fact that he didn't have a father, a lot of that's very interesting stuff, but we're not given any of that here in the story. We're just mm. sort of shown from this particular day when he sort of walked into court and started impressing people as an, you know, a, a young man, uh, that this is already established. So we don't really get any insight into <laughs> some of his more famous teachings or his, his ideas on family relationships. The one thing that is emphasized is um, the idea of universal harmony, that if everyone is acting in their proper role, paying deference to their leaders in a proper manner, um, and being upright and honest, that this will achieve universal harmony with the state. Which is yeah, a little, well, you know, China loves yeah, their harmony. It, it 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 does it does sort of you know point to that to that notion, and it is interesting because there have been some programs and some studies that have talked about this the sort of the rise of Confucianism in mainland China, because if you look at the history, um, you know, during after the communist re revolution. Uh, the communists came to power. One of the things that they mandated um, during the Cultural Revolution was sort of getting rid of all the old ways of thinking. And Confucianism and the way that Confucianism uh, portrayed the relationships between people, between you know people in the family unit and the, the individual to the state, all of that was considered archaic and it was sort of done away with. And what some scholars have said is that now China is looking at Confucianism and looking at how it, it has helped places like, you know, Korea, uh, South Korea, Taiwan, Singapore in motivating their populations to modernize and to um, have a strong work ethic and these mm -hmm. types of things. And so there's been sort of a resurgence uh, to sort of revive Confucianism. So it's interesting that this film, you know, is getting some of the political spin that it is. It's just too bad that it's not a very good film. And of course, yes, that's the thing. Is if they want to revive Confucianism in China, is this the film to do it? This film has received so much negative press in China because of the the Avatar thing, and just and after people have seen the film, it's gotten a lot of bad bad uh, word of mouth. So I I don't think this would be the movie. Anything anything else, anything other than the movie might do it. I think I just don't think it would be this movie. Well, and it's a shame too because if we look at some of the performances, actually, the some of the performances are quite good. I mean, I think Chow Yun Fat does a very fine role, you know, as as the, as this sort of historic figure. It's just that the the material he's given, the 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 narrative that's there, is not very interesting. Yeah, acting wise, he's definitely redeemed himself in Dragon Ball. 
Um, but yeah, but that's not very hard to do. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's very dignified here. Um, it's just too bad that the material everyone's been giving here didn't really provide them anything. It gave him a lot of chance to, you know, bow in front of Char and Fad and and talk about how great he is and then act really, really, really over the top. But it, it's a lot. Of, it's a waste of a lot of good resources, a lot of good actors. Uh, uh, Peter Powell, the cinematography is great, but like I said, it's all it's all wasted on the material here. Yeah, and there, there is a quite a few CG uh, military battles, which was not something I was really expecting. I was expecting this to be more of, of a story <laughs> about, you know, the teacher and students and things. Um, but with all the the military struggles that were going on in this period in Chinese history, I guess they wanted to add some, you know, dynamic aspects. And so we've got quite a few sweeping scenes of large battles, all done in CG doesn't really it, it's not very well rendered it, it doesn't look really look very good on the big screen um some of it's okay a lot of it it just doesn't i don't know it it looked like they were going for like a lord of the rings type of thing in some scenes and they just didn't have the resources or the money to pull it off quite as well as they would have liked i can't believe i saw better better battle scenes in founder republic than this movie yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, you know, again, given given the material, uh, they probably you know that was coming out right at the right at the anniversary, so they they had to be sure that looked good. Yeah. Um, but again, we may be being a bit harsh on it because of you know it it, it is sort of go it is sort of going up against Avatar, which is just not something you want to do. Um, but even even on its own, without the CG. The story is just, it's just sad that it's not that compelling because I really went in wanting to like this. I mean, I, I, you know, I have an Asian studies degree in my background and I like, you know, Asian history. I like Chinese history. It was sort of one of the key areas of focus of my uh, undergraduate study. I really wanted to go in and enjoy this and I just, it, there was just nothing there for me. Well, that's all we're gonna. That's all the films we're gonna focus on for this week. Um, we've got a big week ahead of us, and we're looking at how many new films for the Chinese New Year. Um, Chinese language films, I believe we have. Well, after Confucius, I think we have six left. I'm gonna count them off just to make sure I have them. We have a uh, Fourteen Blades with the Donnie. Uh, we have a uh, House of Seven Two Tenants remake. Um, with Eric Jung. We have uh, All's Well Ends Well, 2010. We have True Legend, the quote-unquote first martial art films in 3D, and then uh, two in one week we'll have Hot Summer Days, the the Love Actually this year, and then uh, we'll have Future Cops, and I believe Fortune King is coming to town. Uh, that's seven already, um, and also so we have the is, new Jackie Chan film. Yeah, this is a huge, uh, huge Chinese New Year. I mean. Yeah, nine. I, movies. I can remember the, the the past few years we've been here, and it's been really, really weak. I mean, mm-hmm. like things like Twins Mission. Um, last year we had uh, All's Well That Ends Well. Um, we have it again this year. We have so. it again this year, and and, and that's fine. <laughs> you know, I I look forward to those those kind of sort of holiday films, uh, even though they're typically cheesy and cornball. Um, I I like to I like to see some of the films where it's got quite a few stars in it, and everybody's just popping up for a quick cameo, and then at the end everybody gets together and you know, wishes everybody a happy Chinese New Year. 
Because you know what to expect. You know that everything's going to turn out great. Every guy's going to end up with a girl. Everybody's going to be happy. They're all going to win the big money. You know, it's it's like a Christmas film. You don't expect a Christmas film to end on a downer. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, any any of those in particular that you're looking forward to? Honestly, um, I hope Future Cops have really, really bad CGI just so we can we can have an excuse to watch it a dynasty. Well, that's not hoping for much, <laughs> is it? I mean, that's like going to be a given. Yeah, and then I saw the trailer for the Jackie Chan film today, and I couldn't actually see one still shot because it was moving so quickly. I had no idea what was going on through the whole thing. Now, which um, film is that? Because he's got uh, I think two, it's right? Little Soldier or Big Soldier, I believe. Big Soldier, because well, he's yeah. got like two U.S. films then, right? He's, uh he's also got the Spy Next Door. He's and got the Kid. Spy Next Door and Karate Kid, and those are both U.S. productions. Now, this one uh, is a is a local it's production. There's a Chinese production. It's Chinese he, production. He's, uh, yeah, he's the producer, executive producer. So it's, it says a Jackie Chan film, like you know, the good old days. In the, but is in the he 90s. is he starring in it or? Yes, yes, he's starring okay. in it uh, with uh, Li Hong Wang. Um, the, the 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 Taiwanese pop star. Mm. Um, one I'm I'm watching tomorrow, uh, Hot Summer Days. Uh, visually looks quite appealing, and um, it has a good mix of ca- uh, young and and middle aged cast. You got Jackie Chan and Nicholas Che and uh, Rene Liu. Uh, sounds like a good cast and visually appealing. Um, I'm look I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um. I've heard uh, some positive word of mouth about um, the House of 72 Tennis remake. Um, sounds like a good old-fashioned Lunar New Year comedy. Um, honestly, something, there's nothing really to get enthusiastic about this Chinese New Year, just, despite having so much stuff to watch. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of excited. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm expecting that if we've got such a big mix of films, that at least one has got to be really good, right? Maybe I'm hoping for too much, but uh, I'm looking really looking forward to House of Seventy Two Tenants, primarily because I really love the original, and I I know it's probably not going to be anywhere near as good as the original, but um, I'm happy and excited to see Jackie Chung uh, in a movie again. I wish he would do more films. I think we've talked about that on a previous podcast, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's the one that I'm most excited about. And we'll be seeing that a bit later this week. What about well, for? Um, sorry, go ahead, Kev. Yeah, no, yeah, I was actually going to ask you about West Screen. West Screen, we have. Yeah, uh, um, we've got uh, the Lightning Thief coming. Yeah, we have um, uh, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, yeah. Uh, Princess, uh, Princess Frog, Frog, which I've seen, which I've seen. I saw that during Christmas, but I'm going to be watching that again. Um, which, as I think I mentioned before, for me, you pretty much can't go wrong with a Disney film. Um, I, I really like. Disney stuff, and it's not, you know, it's, it doesn't have the impact of some of the stuff that came out in the 90s, you know, Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, but it's very credible fare. So if you like Disney, you like the, the sort of traditional 2D Disney musicals, I think you'll enjoy uh, that film. And we'll talk a little bit more about that once it's out over here and Kevin's had a chance. To, are you going to see that? Yes, yeah. I, I have a choice of uh, choosing one of these three to review this week, so I might be picking uh, The Prince and the Frog. Yeah. yeah, I'm not or sure Valentine's what, Day. <laughs> what to expect with the Lightning Thief. Uh, I don't know much about that. I'm I'm assuming it's from a book series, but um, yeah, it it just in in a way it's kind of looks kind of like Harry Potter ish, I would say. Uh, but it's you know based on Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it might be good. It it might just be mediocre. We'll have to wait and see. Right. 
And so next week, we also have uh, The Wolfman, which I've been told has undergone three reshoots before being released. Yeah, there's been a lot of speculation about Wolfman and that it's been delayed. And yeah. um, But the problem is, is, is you know, I really love uh, gothic horror stuff. And I loved the old Lon Chaney Wolfman, one of my favorite movies of all time, along you know with the Draculas and the Frankensteins and that period. I really love that stuff. But it's a case of another remake here. And, I mean, I like Anthony Hopkins, but I don't know if I'd want to go see this in the cinemas. There hasn't been that much buzz about it. I've seen the trailer. The trailer doesn't really excite me that much. Mm -hmm. So I'm just thinking maybe I'm going to wait until video for this. I don't know. It's just something about, you know, direct remakes, unless they've got somebody that I really want to see in the role, which is not the case here, it... It kind of leaves me less than motivated to go out and see it. I will go watch it if Benicio del Toro turns out becomes the Wolfman without wearing any makeup whatsoever. <laughs> I, will, I will watch it. <laughs> um, anyway, so the week after that, uh, quality films start to come out because it's after the Oscar nominations. So we will have uh, Up in the Air um, and also Precious. As well as nine, which I've seen already, and we can talk about, I guess. Yeah. And I think I think Precious is actually playing, isn't it? I think it, like it's, it's cinema- had a couple of preview showings, yeah, it's had a couple of screenings, um, but it's not generally yes. generally released. Yes, um, but yeah. up in the so, air, I've heard good things about up in the air, uh, especially yeah. if you're somebody who travels quite frequently. Um, that it's a film that you'll be able to highly relate to. Um, what else are we getting? Any? I thought there was... um, that's about it for the two weeks, uh, the new New Year two weeks. But that's quite enough for me. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we've got our plates full. Uh, I think. Yep. Uh, you you're gonna be like seeing six films or five films this week. I'll probably watch everything. Yeah, I think everything that comes out this week. And uh, Ross and I, Kozo and I, sorry, uh, we're already talking about which ones to review. So. Yeah, I'm watching. Yeah, good thing I'm watching uh, Hot Summer Days tomorrow. That will relieve alleviate some of the the stress once it comes out. Once all the stuff is un- unleashed next uh, this later this week. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a a busy week. Fortunately, we'll have a few days of a holiday to sort of catch up on things. Um, one question about the True Legend. Now you were mentioning that that's suppose that's being t- touted as the first sort of kung fu 3D film, which. Mm-hmm really isn't true as as our friend friend Tim who's been on the show before has talked about that there's actually a film uh Shaw film from the 70s that was in old style 3D they may right. be saying that this is sort of the first film to be using the new sort of polarized 3D technology um mm-hmm. but is this uh, is the whole film 3D or is it just going to be segments no actually I've been told already that the, well uh I read on Apple Daily they already had a screening in China and that only two scenes have 3D. Yeah. So it'll be like uh, Andrew Lau's The Park, I don't know if you've seen it, where um, a little 3D corner will pop up on on a little 3D icon, sorry, uh, will pop up and uh, run the corners and you just have to put on your 3D glasses at that yeah. time. Yeah, they did the similar thing when they showed uh, Harry Potter and or I want to say Order of the Phoenix over here. It was like they had 15 minutes near the end of the film that were was in 3D and they had a little symbol that would tell you to put on your glasses and I don't know it's kind of uh, kind of annoying if you're not going to do the whole film why just do a part of it just because you can yeah i mean the only the only good thing about this is that they're not charging avatar prices for this yeah it's just a regular mission so that tells you how much 3d they're using 
All right, well, we're going to have a lot of stuff to watch, and hopefully when we come back next week, we'll be able to talk about uh, some of these new Chinese New Year's films. And speaking of Chinese New Year's, um, Kevin, do you have any video recommendations that you might want to recommend that, that are sort of Chinese New Year themed for listeners out there? Mm, well, for anyone that's staying home at Chinese New Year, um, not a Chinese New Year film movie, but uh, I believe Bodyguards and Assassin is coming out on DVD this week. All right. Um, and a couple new movies. Um, Zombieland just came out. Uh, I'm not sure if zombie is the way you want to spend your New Year's with, but uh, that's a fun movie, and I picked it up myself already. So Yeah, that's uh, one I'll be getting. And if you're a masochist, uh, you can pick up uh, Love at Seventh Sight, which uh, I'm considering very high up on my worst 10 list this year. Um, say I haven't seen it, but Treasure Hunter also comes out. So, oh, I just found this. Hold on, the Panda Man, the Jay Chow, uh, Jay Chow directed TV series about the panda costume superhero also came out on DVD. Also comes out on DVD this week, in Hong Kong at least. Mm. Um, but for Chinese New Year theme movie, um, of course I would probably recommend any Stephen Chow movie that came out during Chinese New Year. Just think um and so instead of watching True Legend, why not watch King of Beggars? Yeah. Um or or, or why not watch uh instead of watching Also Ends Well 2010, why not watch uh the first the first Also Ends Well movie? Yeah. So those are my two recommendations for the new year. How about you, Paul? Well I would say uh the the one film that I like to watch every year is uh, Fat Choi Spirit with um, Andy Lau and Louis Ku and Lao Chingwan, Gigi uh, Lung and Sherry Ying. Uh, I don't know why, but when it comes to Chinese New Year, that's like the the one holiday movie for me. Uh, mm -hmm. I I watch it over and over. I, I like it. I'm you know I know how to play mahjong a little bit, but I don't know how to play it well. Um, and I, I just, I'm, I, for some reason, I, I just find that movie very entertaining and funny. Um, I think part of me is attracted to Lao Ching Wan as sort of this wannabe rapper who <laughs> plays Mahjong. <laughs> it's just such a weird mix of people who, it, you know, they're not really acting. You know, in, in many cases, they're, you know, just using their own names uh, in the roles they're playing. But, mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a fun film. It's easily accessible. You don't have to understand mahjong to appreciate it. Um, unfortunately, I was checking around there. You can get a couple. There are a couple used copies through like uh, U.S. Amazon, but Netflix has a ton of Andy Lau movies. But this is the one uh, that they don't have, so it may not be readily available um, for rental anywhere. But uh, you can still probably find some copies of it through some various online purchasing sites uh, i didn't check yes asia but i would think that they would have a copy because it's i don't think it's out of print yet but yeah fat choy spirit uh would be my one to recommend for chinese new year Well, that's going to sort of wrap things up for this episode. Uh, again, we hope to be back to our regular format, as well as with some new additions um, in the shows to come. And 
for now, we will wish you all a happy Chinese New Year. Uh, we should be back next week with a show to talk about some of the Chinese New Year, New Year films. So, Kevin, I will say a little bit early, but Gong Hei Fa Choi. And we uh, will wish you all good viewing. And we will see you next time. Gong Hei Fa Choi, everybody. Oh, um, for the Confucius, can you do can you do the plot? By the way, was there a plot? Yeah, <laughs> did I miss it? <laughs> I had to read. I had to read the English subtitles the whole way through because I didn't, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I uh, <laughs> passed my my final dissertation project, and uh, I'm graduated. Congratulations! Thanks. Man. Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. <laughs> <laughs>